You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 400 of Podcateers. Wow, 400 episodes. Uh, It's been quite a ride so far, and we are excited for everything that's coming. In this episode, we talk about some of our most memorable changes that have come to the Disneyland Resort since the podcast launched back in 2014. And then we have a special announcement that we are just super excited about. We'd love to hear what some of your favorite changes have been in the last seven years at the Disneyland Resort. You can share some of those moments on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. But we'd love for you to join us over on our Discord server. Uh, joining is super simple. You can just head on over to podcateers.com slash 400 and click on the Discord logo on that page. Or you can go to our pinned IG story and join using the invite link provided there. Uh, also, we're finalizing our selection for March Mayhem, so if you're not following us on Instagram yet, make sure that you are so you can join in on the fun. A very special thank you goes out to an awesome group of people known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podcateers gear, additional content like the Podcateers After Show, and access to our happy hour calls, just to name a few. For more info on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com FGP. And as always, a super special thank you goes out to the FGP Squad for their continued support. So uh, I think it's about time that we get this thing rolling. Uh, If you are new to the show, thanks for hanging out. We hope that you enjoy what you hear and that you come back for more. And if you've been hanging with us for some time, welcome back. But regardless of how long you've been with us, we appreciate you taking the time to listen. So here we go. Here is episode 400 of Podcateers. Happy 400 episodes! Yeah, 400. Yeah, this is. Um, I mean, wow, 400 episodes. I can't. I can't believe I've been here for all 400 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Hazen, you know, when Hazen joined in after you know episode 47, it was really you know the turning point here. It's just been the Andrew show up until you know first 47, and then. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> hey, man, it was an honor joining in at episode 44. <laughs> when you asked me to be a part of the podcast, I was like, no way. <laughs> but anyway, this is uh, going to be uh, a special episode for us because, one, we're celebrating 400 episodes. The podcast started all the way back in 2014, in June of 2014, uh, to be exact. And since then, you know, we've had uh, not only changes to the parks but obviously changes to the podcast when we first started it was myself uh mario and javier and we're just kind of sitting around just talking about whatever we wanted and over time we became more and more disney oriented 
over the course of the years, obviously, we had new co-hosts when Mario and Javier departed. We had Gavin and Mel come on. We had our pals, AJ and VJ, come on and help co-host for some time as well. Then we welcomed Larry and Andrew as official co-hosts as well. Over the course of all of the years that we've been doing this, we've also had special guest co-hosts. You know, before Gavin officially joined, he was a a guest co-host. We've had our buddy Jason on. We've had our pal Skyler from the Diz Insider come help co-host and be a guest as well. Uh, We've had the opportunity to talk to Disney legends and former Imagineers like Bob Gurr, Rolly Crump, Josh Shipley, and Brian Crosby. We've also had the opportunity to talk to amazing artists like our pal Marco Palos. I mean, I, I've i had so much fun doing this podcast uh, over the last seven years now-ish. I mean, we're approaching Ish. year seven, I think, in June now, if I can math properly. In that time frame, you know, obviously, uh, we've covered a lot of history topics, attractions, lands, parks, but... There's also been tons of changes within the Disneyland Resort itself. So what we wanted to dedicate this episode to was talk about some of our favorite changes that have happened in the time frame since we started the podcast. Because not only have we done history uh, episodes, but we've also done news episodes where we talk about some of the things that happen on a weekly basis at the Disneyland Resort. So... We're going to take a look back at some of our favorite changes. I'm sure that along the way, we'll also talk about some of our not-so-favorite changes. And, uh, you know, we'll see where the conversation goes. But uh, I think it's time to get this thing started. What do you all think? Yeah, let's Let's go down memory lane. Let's do it. All right. (laughs) So I don't want to be too formal. I don't think we we should be like, well, in 2014, here's the (laughs) 27 changes that came to the park. Although we, I think we can. And maybe at some point we could give a quick rundown of some of the most notable changes. But I think we should just roundtable this and talk about some of our favorite changes. I'm going to tell you all right now, I know we said like, ah, let's do three, let's do five maybe if we can't narrow it down. I I think if you've been listening long enough, you know that I kind of have trouble doing that. You got a problem. It's never just three. (laughs) I mean, I kind of have... A little more than three. I have like 48. Um, And and so I don't think we should assign a particular order to any of them because, you know, I feel like they're all my children. I was responsible for none of them, (laughs) but I feel like they're all my children and I I love love them all all. just the same. I do. Well, some of them less than others. I'll be honest. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Oh, Disney. (laughs) <laughs> I love you, but oh, I'm shaking my fist. Anyway, so I'll tell you what. I think since I have so many, do you guys want me to kick it off? And then we'll go, go, for, it. go, for, go for it. Okay. Yeah, all right. Sure. Um, so 2014, I think there was definitely a lot of things that changed in the parks, and I think we lost a lot more things than we wanted. So I'm actually going to start my journey uh, over in 2017. No, you know what? I'm going to stick to 2015. I'm going to just go a year after. Let's time uh, travel. Because, go for it. Yeah. Let's the clock back. 2015, okay, was 
one of the years that I just remember going absolutely batty over changes in the Disney parks. And a lot of that had to do with a particular day that we now celebrate in the parks every May. Now, I'm not going to say that this is like my number five or number four or anything, but look, the fact that we now celebrate Hatbox Ghost Day on May 9th every year warms my heart. Because for weeks and weeks, we saw those like boarded up areas in the attic and we saw the bat stanchion and it would kind of change while you were going down and falling. It's like, oh, I'm falling out of the roof. And then you, you knew something was coming and the rumors were there. At D23 before that, we had seen an animatronic that kind of looked like the Hatbox Ghost, but kind of didn't look. It kind of looked like Ezra, but not really Ezra, but not really the Hatbox Ghost, kind of like the Hatbox Ghost. <laughs> and then in May 2015, May 9th to be exact, Hattie returned to the Haunted Mansion. Bum, bum, bum! Welcome home, Hattie. So that's <laughs> how I want to kick this off. That's been one of the changes at the parks that has definitely, for me, I think, impacted my enjoyment uh, as far as uh, not only writing The Haunted Mansion, which is, you know, by far one of my most favorite attractions in the resort, but the addition of the Hatbox Ghost, the legend, you know, of the Hatbox Ghost was so big that having the character finally return Uh, I just want to send a huge thank you to Daniel Joseph, the Imagineer that was responsible for bringing the Hatbox Ghost back and kind of taking Yale Gracie's original concept and um, giving it a little plussing of its own so that we can enjoy the Hatbox Ghost today. Yeah, they finally got the the technology right, got it to work Mm -hmm. like it should. You know, it wasn't there in in, uh, the 60s, but you know what? 2015 was... uh, I guess the right time, and I'm glad it's there. It's on. Yeah. It, that was on my list too. So, cross that one out. The but day was... we all rope dropped. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Pretty much. Oh, we can continue the talk. We okay. could. <laughs> we could continue the talk in May because and... May was huge <laughs> with stuff. So I, yeah. I don't. I know that there's going to be other things I want to say about May. So I'm going to let one of y'all go because I know that we're going to overlap with some of the things that happened that month. Well, May, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna rip off the band aid. This was gonna be top, but I'm like, rip the debut of Paint the Night. Woo! The debut, the the best nighttime show. Yes, I'm saying it right now. Woo! MSCP has been retired, so I will say that. So, M, so PTN. (laughs) For life! For um, (laughs) life! That needs to be a sticker. <laughs> right? Or a, a, a shirt or at least a sticker. PTN yeah. for life. Yep. With the number four, right? With the no, with, like with, with the four, four fingers. NWO style. <laughs> for life. You know, that's the waiting for that. You know, Melissa was there. This is the only time I've ever fallen asleep in Disneyland. Yeah. Was, um, <laughs> on the floor. On the cement <laughs> near It's a Small World along the parade route waiting for... Uh, paint the night on the 24 hour on the one more Disney day or no the 24 hour day it wasn't one more Disney day that year but yeah and that was actually your birthday day. it was my birthday mm-hmm. this was I mean I'll, I can kind of tell the story real quick um, I had the day before uh, had my graduation ceremony from college um, I drove through the night 
and got to Disneyland at like four in the morning um, because the gates opened at six. Um, but everybody else, I got there a little later than everybody else. And I was in a line in the bus, uh, like the bus turnaround area. <laughs> and, um, you know, waited there till six. Everybody got inside. And then it was, okay, let's sit down for a while. <laughs> and then, yeah, paint the night. I fell asleep on the cement. Uh, Melissa's got a great picture of it somewhere. I do. And uh, <laughs> that was that. <laughs> Great show, great I show. I love it. I'm so happy. <laughs> I can't wait until Paint the Night returns. I you know, know if, right? If, if Main Street Electrical Parade can have 84 retirement runs, Paint the Night should get another run at, you know, at any point. We've seen a little bit of at California Adventure. And honestly, I don't even care if it comes back to California Adventure at some time, as long as we get it back. Same. Would I love to see it on Main Street? Absolutely, I would. But even if it comes back to DCA, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, it's it's it needs to return to its rightful place at the Disneyland Resort, for sure. Yeah, go for it, Larry. Well, uh, December twentieth. I'm gonna go backwards. Twenty fourteen. Anna and Elsa's royal welcome. Anybody? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, if you really like that, folks. He really loved that Olaf animatronic that was on the roof. Yes, yes. <laughs> Walking in over there in California. Come on, no. Oh no, no that's I, I'm, I'm just anyway. joshing. <laughs> anyway, that was well, just a joke for you. <laughs> I'm just gonna jump a little forward. I know May. It was that was that was a good one, Hazen, because I was there for that day too. The hat box ghost, and that was awesome. Just Imagineering. Uh, I'm gonna go kind of just generally broad because I don't even know the date. Maybe the listeners will know the date on this one. But I was thinking about this just in wide spectrum and i thought when i used to go to the park like andrew does still where you're coming from a different part of the state and you're just trying to get there and get the most time out of the time you're there right one of my biggest things was why is a security check right by the esplanade i used to always bug me because you get there and it slowed everything down it always created these long lines you talk about the uh, events that were the full 24-hour events, this would create these huge bottlenecks around that time. So one of my favorite things that's happened from 2014 to now is security check being implemented at the trams. And also, that's also, side note, great parking lot out there at Pixar. And then the Toy Story lot, bringing out there with the shuttles, now the security points being out there. Kudos to you, Disney, like just logistics creating an idea where you look at and you think how can you fix this because there were so many times you'd lose a lot of your time in there just getting bag checked so a lot of those things now if you could enter from those points you go straight into the park go straight out just really nicely done and i know it's a small little thing but heck i was just thinking maybe we forget these small little things that made our disney experience that much better that was on my list larry 2019 oh. uh when pixar uh, pals garage went in security at the trams and then 20 i guess it was oh i think the security opened it must have been 2021 when the security opened at toy story um gotta be yeah well, you know, it might have been not, i think they have it might have been 2020. 2020 i yeah i went actually i think i oh, know yeah. the timing it had to be right early 20 because i went on martin luther king day of 2020 before everything kind of went hazy crazy that time so it was that's when they were starting to implement the shuttle check check bag check in toy story that would be true because yeah one of my last trips was like late february 
and I did use that. Um, I did have, I did see all of the changes and experience that. So totally that. It's the best. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty sad that yes. it's like, I mean, not sad, but it's it, it's like, <laughs> yeah, what's the, your favorite things? Oh, yeah, that parking lot. Oh, I love the parking lot where they put the securities in. <laughs> you know that? It's great. I love it. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, you can understand why so many people loved when that happened, right? Because I think as Disney regulars, you know, if you went too late, you would either end up all the way up at the top on the mini floor all yeah. the way in the back, or they would show, like, they would send you over to the itchy and scratchy lot across the street, half a mile <laughs> away Angel from the stadium or whatever. Like, <laughs> at, at one point, Honda yeah. Center, I parked like, yeah. So, the addition yeah, of the crazy. Pixar Palace parking structure was an absolute game changer for locals that would frequent the parks. But I have to say that one of the other huge changes that came along with the parking structure was the pedestrian bridge that they added mm-hmm. from the parking structure right into downtown Disney, which opened just a couple of months later. Uh, I think it opened in September, actually. Um, I mean, the fact that you didn't have to wait to cross streets and you didn't have to maneuver around like trying to like cars getting into the parking for downtown Disney, that pedestrian bridge just walks you right into you know, the other security check, which is right in front of the old ESPN zone. What more can you ask for? If you're not going to the parks, you, you were just going in for dining or going to the Lego store, whatever the case was, going to the movies at downtown Disney. That's the way to go, man. There's more just... I can ask for. I tell you what. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing with that bridge. It was great when it first <laughs> opened because they had security on both sides. They had it on the Disneyland Hotel side and the ESPN zone side between ESPN zone Rainforest Cafe. Since they've been opened back up post-pandemic opening, there's only security on the Disneyland hotel side. So you have to go all the way down the bridge, all the way through the parking lot, then kind of backtrack, go around the ESPN zone building all the way up. Like this whole big extra, like, I don't know, half a mile, it seems. So, hey, why why not bring that entrance back between uh, ESPN zone and, uh, I guess, what was it, the... Black Spire Outpost Outpost or something. Whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, that's what it would be called. Outpost Outpost. Yeah, I didn't know that they made that outpost change. Outpost. But, yeah, I would agree. I think it does need both of those, yeah. Or, you know, split the difference and put it somewhere in the middle. Well, I guess it doesn't make sense to have it in the middle because you'd be blocking the opening to one of – well, yeah, I don't know. Who I guess what's because happen, of the construction that, yeah. that's coming, that's yeah. the ideal location. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Stuff. Hopefully, they do coming. have more new things. Yeah. Talk about new developments. Yeah. Coming. I guess that's me. Um, I'm gonna go. I'll go to 2014. Um, I think this technically opened um, prior to the podcast starting, but it's still 2014, so I'm counting it. Uh, the uh, refurb of Big Thunder Mountain. Um, when they yes. added the projections and the smoke, nice. they redid the whole track and stuff. Uh, by far one of the best refurbs. I mean, such a simple thing to do, but just the experience of that overall. I had only ridden Big Thunder, I think, once or twice. I'm a huge chicken. I, I'm less of a chicken now, but was very much so a huge chicken before and couldn't get up the muster to get on it. Finally did, was great, and then it went down for a refurb, like, I don't, like immediately after that. So I had to wait a whole, like, year or however long it took to replace the whole track, but it opened up with, ah, oh, this projections and smoke and dynamite. Oh, it was great. I, that, I think that's one of the classiest, best 
refurbs they've done to an attraction. It's so simple. I agree. Uh, I think it did happen slightly before the podcast started, but if it counts, Mel and our friend Jill, my brother, Javier, and my wife had all been listening to me talk about starting the podcast (laughs) since about November, (laughs) like October, November of the year before, so... I'm going to count that as part of the legacy of the podcast. So, yeah, we'll count it as part. There you go. (laughs) If not, no worries. I got a ton more. I've got a huge list. So, it's fine. But, yeah, that's great. That's funny. Oh, man. There's so many things. Like, it was so hard for me to choose. I can't even begin to tell you how difficult this was. Close your eyes and go, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because, see, the thing is that, like, when I think back to. Like the 24-hour day, right? When they did the mm-hmm. 24-hour day in May is really what kicked off a lot of the changes that I really appreciated in 2015. Like, you know, we got the Hatbox Ghost. We got Paint the Night. We had um, the Herald debut mm-hmm. on the Matterhorn. We also had – what did they do? They did the the Enchanted Window for Peter Pan on Main Street. So, like, 2015, like, kicking off the Diamond Celebration – I think in itself, I think was one of the biggest things. So, your favorite I, fireworks show for that is the same. I know, oh, no. and, and that's that, the thing, right? I Disneyland. Is so I, like, oh, I thought about including Disneyland Forever as one of like my top choices. But the thing is that, as much as I I love it, it isn't one of those things that I get to see as frequently mm-hmm. as I would want to mm-hmm. because apparently, good point. They're Remember trying to do other stuff now, like whatever. But uh, I I think I'm going to shift it a little. hmm. All right. I'm going to shift it to the year after. I'm going to stick to the Haunted Mansion. And I'm going to shift it to the next year. Because in October 2016, after 15 years of being gone on the grounds of the mansion, they re-added all of the Imagineer headstones that used to be a part of the scenery. So uh, all of the headstones that paid homage to all of the original Imagineers that worked on the mansion were reinstalled. And so now whenever you're standing in the queue for the mansion, you get an opportunity to see all of those. I'm not sure why they took them out. Uh, Honestly, I'd have to go back and try to research it. If anybody knows, you could just add it in the comments, join the conversation over on Instagram, Facebook, uh, or on Discord. Drop us a note there if you haven't joined us yet. Uh, But yeah, they were gone for like 15 years. And the fact that they reinstalled them and they were a part of this reinvigorated mansion because that year we also got a huge update to the mansion that a lot of people were waiting for that if none of you bring up, I will bring up later. Uh, But for now, I'm going to stick to the headstones (laughs) that were added outside of the Haunted Mansion. Hazen's whole list is just Haunted Mansion. It's Haunted Mansion (laughs) year by year. It is. (laughs) (laughs) See, any (laughs) meaning? All right, who's going next? I think it's Melissa's turn. I'm, you know what? You're going to kill me, but everything, a lot of stuff that I have is actually starts after 2017. That's fine. That's so fine. I'm already. <laughs> My next one's in 2018 is what I got. So don't even worry about <laughs> it. Just jump all over. Let's do it. 
no no guide here. Mobile ordering. Mm. Mm. On my list is mm-hmm. mobile smaller ordering. and smaller. It's all on my list too. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It from no, that's why I made a big. That that's why plan. I made a big list. That was the plan. <laughs> that right there has like at first it was weird, but looking what it's done and what we do now, she's perfect. Jeez. It's like wow. this was something that we really needed because lines were bad and. This really cut time and just made our day better. So that's it. Mobile ordering. I got a love-hate relationship with mobile ordering, but it's still, <laughs> it's still, yeah, it was on my list. It's it's uh, a great tool. It sucks when restaurants were only mobile order um, at, you know, that time of uh, uh, place, time we lived through, I guess. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's better now. Uh, mobile or get some snacks, get some stuff, skip that line. It's great. Yeah. Diabetes to go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sugar. Yeah. Exactly. Funnel cake, please. Ice cream, please. <laughs> Metal and cup. Make it convenient from, yeah. for me to pick up. Thanks. <laughs> exactly. Tra la 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 la. Just skip away with your sugar in a bag. It's <laughs> funny. Our favorite alcoholic beverage. Yeah. Side note. <laughs> Very good. Very good. All right, Larry. Well, for me, uh, you bring up something er- earlier, like you kind of touched upon it. Uh, I wanted to jump into a fireworks show that I felt like had a short lifespan. And this is jumping around the years again. Um, it's the Together Forever Pixar Nighttime Spectacular. That fireworks show um, was so good. I. I remember uh, we moved, we were just talking about this, we moved out here about March of 2018, and I say out here, SoCal, we were living north in California, and like that, we had a whole month of just like craziness of trying to get everything ready from March, and then April, when that debuted, um, I remember going to the park for the first time, being like, okay, we're going to be able to go more, and then that fireworks show, watching it with my wife, like right over the Main Street Station area, down just a straight middle shot we got that for some reason it was open and we got to see it from there and i remember tearing up being like it's been a while since i teared up watching a fireworks show which andrew mentioned earlier (laughs) but uh that was the first time in a while that i had me my wife just kind of got emotional especially on that final line uh with woody in it i mean it just it hit in so many spots And, and it it's one of those memories where i'm like man i I liked Pixar Fest in general at that time. I thought it was a cool little overlay. I think that's when they were starting to try these different things of small little promotional time periods of doing things, but going like a little bit more effort than just putting up some small decorations and banners. It was like products, food offerings, stuff like that uh, for in between times that were not uh, really like the busiest time of the park availability. So. That was one of my favorite things that got implemented for sure. I loved that show. Just great lights, great projections, nicely done. Dude, Thank I you. cried. I cried after watching <laughs> yeah. that too. Like, I don't know what it was. And it just, at the end, like, dang, all the feels just flood. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't usually cry, but this was like, man, I think that was the one time where i'm like i really had a huge appreciation for pixar because mm-hmm. i think it was until like inside out coco that really got me but it was monster zinc that made me cry i'm like what what why <laughs> it's a good show it was <laughs> the coco scene didn't get you 
No, the Coco scene made like me the... want to cheer. Oh, it didn't yeah. make me want to like cry. Party. Every time. It was like these highs. Yeah. I think that emotion. I remember watching it one time with Melissa. And just like the emotion of that Coco scene, just like everyone gets on this uh-huh. high. And then all of a sudden you're like, it starts like not going down, but you're like, you've opened your emotions up, I think, mm-hmm. to that point to like your vulnerabilities. So you're like reliving everything yeah. again. And Coco's like the, oh man, that's like the, I don't know, sh- Tindo or whatever they say in music. Crescendo. It's like at its highest yeah, point. It just Crescendo, yeah. that's it. When you're partying, you know, you're like, yeah, yeah this is a party. This is fun. Yeah, was good. I think the best part about that show was the inflatables for Coco. Yes. Yeah. I, I, yes. Because that was the that was the the fireworks show that I remember seeing standing in the middle of Main Street. And when that scene popped up, people erupted. Like I think from a cultural standpoint, you know, o- over the last handful of years, we've talked a lot about you know feeling appreciated, feeling seen, and honoring traditions, not just for ourselves but honoring the traditions of many other cultures and i remember seeing that part in coco and look scenes like that have existed in firework shows and other disney shows as well but i i think because of where we were as a society watching that scene and listening to the people erupt when it happened dude it was emotional it was one of the best things that i've ever seen in a disney park and uh i'm never gonna forget that day oh i guess that that uh brings it to me so i'm gonna jump over to 2018 um the to the newly uh painted over um pixar pier to a little (laughs) stand that serves the num num cookies so that's going to be a new treat debuting at the parks. Hot, warm cookie. It's so thick. It's so good. It smells so good. It just really adds something to that that area there, Pixar Pier. I mean, not much there exciting for me except cookies, I guess. I don't go on roller coasters. I don't go on <laughs> credit coasters. I go on Big Chicken. But, hey, there's a cookie there while I wait. Other people go on ride. I'll eat a cookie. Really nice. Very good. That's yeah. all I got to say about that. Num num cookie. Yeah, that that was um that was an interesting change. Uh twenty eighteen brought a huge change obviously to that area with the opening of Pixar Pier, the Incredicoaster. It wasn't complete because there were other things that we were expecting. You know, later on we ended up getting Flick's Flyers, we ended up getting Jesse's Critter Carousel almost a year after. And uh I I mean, how do you, how do y'all feel about Pixar Pier now? I mean, I know when it opened, it felt incomplete. How do you feel now that they've added a lot more and that you're, I guess you're kind of used to seeing everything that's around there at this point? I'm going to be nice. It's now worth $300, a ticket. Um, it's actually complete. And I actually, I love what it does, even at night. At night, it's beautiful just to walk around. I love it. I really, really, really do. Yeah, for me, I think uh, it took some time for that to get all developed. But I mean, it feels like a home run. Like we're talking about these Pixar characters or things that we've grown up with, and now the younger generation has seen in their movies as child, uh, children. Excuse me. And I'm with Andrew on this. Like, there's, there's like things that you at Disneyland were missing, and on that pier, for me, I love getting the full experience of park 
going. And the boardwalk before was supposed to be this California weird like Santa Cruz vibe, which I had been to before, and I never felt like that. But walking by Num Num Cookies, smelling that, and then you walk by the fried mm-hmm. chicken stand, and then you walk by like the corn and the turkey, it all starts coming to you, but you're still in a Pixar-themed area. So like all of those things coming together, and even the sweet smell of walking by um, Bing Bongs, you know, in that area, the candy and stuff like that's kind of like that other layer. And I felt like that's where they, it finally started coming together and the music and sound I think was well done too. And I love the little theater now that they have out there. That's really cool. little touch that they've added just, you know, on the later side of the refurbishment out there. Very cool. Yeah. It's it, you know, I, I don't ride much in Pixar pier. I mean, I I don't ride in credit coaster. My wife does. She loves it. Everybody, whatever. Woohoo. Um, and Toy Story Midway Mania is just the line is so awful. I, I can't stand in that line. It's bad. Um, but yeah, going to Cookie Num Num. Yeah, I, th- I think it. I agree with you guys. It's more cohesive now. Still kind of confusing with the Pixar pal around with the big Mickey on it. But mm-hmm. it's what are you going to do? I understand the how, why they're doing it, but it's kind of confusing. But, you know, I'm the did, boss. See? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got to do what the boss says. But, you know, the pier at least, switching over to Pixar Pier, got that Maliboomer pad, finally something happening over there. <laughs> Even if it's just a replant ride, there's something there besides like a smoking area or whatever it was for like a month and a half. Um, so, yeah, overall, I think I, you know, I, I really do like Pixar Pier as a as a concept, I guess. Yeah. Luxo Jr. on the top of the sign. Pretty good. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> a lot of Luxo I, I think Jr. you're being so really cool. generous, Mel, by saying that it's worth the 300 bucks. Because at most, I still think it's like 125 to maybe 150 oh, for ticket. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's for another four-hour party. Have, yeah, you don't have access to the whole park if you're doing that. It's only Pixar Pier. So it's definitely not worth the $300 that they charge for that <laughs> event that they did. Uh, but you're all right. They have done a lot better job of bringing it all together. And uh, I I stand by what I said that they got to get rid of Ariel and put Monsters, Inc. over there. But anyway, it, it is what it is now. And it will always be evolving just like everything yep. else. So uh, who's next? You. Me. Me? Okay. You. you. Okay. So, <laughs> so I'm actually going to join Mel and talk about some of the technology that I think has absolutely changed the park. I I don't think it's absolutely revolutionary, but it has made some things much more enjoyable. And I'm, I want to throw in the launch of the Disney play app in June of 2018. The Disney play app, not only brought together a lot of the things that you would normally need to go speak to a cast member about like you wanted ride times we'll go over and see the big board over on main street or go ask a cast member or if you needed to know where the nearest restroom was you had to hunt down a cast member or if you wanted to know when the parade was you went down to hunt down a cast member and uh you know the disney play app brought it consolidated a lot of the tools that you would basically need to make your time on the resort a lot more enjoyable. On top of that, it evolved to include mini games where it also became interactive. Like if you take it into Fantasyland, there's a really cool interactive experience uh, on 
uh, Peter Pan's uh, flight, you know, that involves Tinkerbell. They had like little uh, scavenger hunts where you could collect badges at some point. They added stuff for the Haunted Mansion for the 50th anniversary. They brought back the decoder card for Indiana Jones Adventure as part of one of the micro games in the app. So, you know, when you stand in line, there's always these things you do, like you play heads up with your friends or you play all these other games. But the Disney Play app, I think, as it continues to evolve and as they add more things, makes standing in line a lot more enjoyable. The more interactive experiences they add, the less time you're going to feel like you're standing in, in line. And I hope they do that more frequently because... You know, with a lot of the things that are happening right now with Disney Genie and Genie Plus, we don't know how much more they're going to begin to charge for attractions or how often. And, you know, having these experiences where you could enjoy standing in a queue if you have to, I think are really valuable because, you know, kids won't be as bored adults won't be as bored (laughs) you know so the addition of the disney play app i think really uh brought a a really great element to being in the parks all day it did and then it also brought in extra things that you could play with that you didn't have to pay for Mm -hmm. so it had that as well so that was a pretty cool thing check out esmeralda ned and red you get get some cards for free Yep. And it had, right. like, had like storylines and stuff to stuff that didn't really yeah. have a storyline before. So that was my yeah, favorite. Yeah, it was um yeah, the Disneyland app and the 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 Play Disney Parks stuff. Um seeing all of those those, you know, they added stuff to the queues, you know, the Space Mountain like all these little like symbols and stuff that you had to find and you know, Galaxy's Edge when that came around, oh, all oh, of that yeah, stuff that you pad. could add, data pad stuff. And it's you know, the Play Disney app, it works for both coasts. So you have one app and if you go to Disney World, they have stuff over there. And you know, you it tell you know, they can tell you're in Disney World and you can do the stuff there. Then it also has the stuff that you can just do at home too. You can take trivia and you can do all this different stuff. I get notifications all the time. It's Valentine's Day. Here's some trivia for you about <laughs> Mickey Mouse or whatever. I don't know. But um, it's it's. I think a lot of people forget about the apps, um, especially with like Genie Plus trying to figure all that out now. But yeah. it's really like a really hidden gem that I think they should keep investing in. I hope they keep investing in. Yeah. Yeah, same here. I will say that I think they do have to invest a little bit more in research for the the UX and the UI because it is getting a little crowded. You're right. With so many things that they're adding and all the announcements, it seems a little cluttered Mm -hmm. uh, when you first launch it. But you're right, man. It is replete with things that you can do. Like all the like there's a bunch of soundtracks on there that you can listen to for attractions. If you pay attention long enough, there's all these little Easter eggs like BB-8 rolling around Galaxy's Edge. There's a tiny baby Groot in one of the windows of uh, Mission Breakout if you zoom in far enough. So there's all sorts of Easter eggs. It's just a fun app. Mm-hmm. So I tried looking. I tried remembering when this happened, but I really need to bring this up. And that is Adventureland bathrooms being redone. <laughs> to possibly stellar top. Like, I have to say that because it's just so much nicer. 
<laughs> before it was yeah there wasn't as many stalls for us so you don't see lines anymore on the outside it's awesome anytime you can make a restroom line uh for us that's a plus so thank you <laughs> thank you disney <laughs> i'm with that i'm with that uh, the guy side too we could confirm i'm trying to think i think it's either 2018 or 19 i'm like i remember i could be wrong and that's okay yeah. but i think it happened between them yeah, I don't I don't exactly remember when it happened either, but I mean, look, that was one of my favorite restrooms, you know, to go to. Mm-hmm. And uh it's interesting that you know, the TikTok seems to have plenty of people that are, you know, giving away where all the nice bathrooms are and stuff. So <laughs> Uh, I mean that's that one's on like the the main drag, so that's not a really right. hidden away like the Rancho bathrooms or the ones on Tom Sawyer Island or whatever. But <laughs> How dare you continue to talk about them? <laughs> hey, these are, <laughs> we, are these are our friends that listen to okay, this. Okay, you're can right. Tell them <laughs> where right. The, the good bathrooms are, like the one. That's why they're yeah. listening. The freebies. Yeah. They know TikTok. <laughs> uh yeah no absolutely uh it's definitely i mean it was really tight before they redid those bathrooms and Mm -hmm. i i mean look i'm i'm not the smallest person around and on top of that you coupled me with a big old bag of camera gear that i used to carry to the parks all the time and it was not fun trying oh, to maneuver shit. around in that restroom okay i in one way or another i would get stuck walking through there so uh, i'm glad they redid them you are right i that's a fantastic choice i love it <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> well i'm gonna go uh get a little bit spooky with my choice it's not really i'm just giving dca the love it should get every once in a while when we're doing this because i felt like that could be like an overall theme here for me but um when they this was a big thing which we're going flash forward not too far back but uh, a lot of people were really upset when the halloween party was leaving disneyland i remember this was like this huge thing like oh man they're taking mickey's trick-or-treat away from disneyland this has always been it's like thing like but i think way back when it did start like they had a halloween thing in dca so it was just like this weird thing that was like okay people like relax but what it opened the door to was what we now call, you know, the Oogie Boogie Bash, basically. And it's like, that was so cool. When all those things started slowly rolling out during that 2019, the first year at California, the more like we talked about this, you know, Melissa on the podcast, when you go to it and Andrew, you're getting so much more real estate to enjoy like a Halloween overlay in one part of the park. Now, this is a special ticketed event. But like we said, these are things like we've are able to see still if you just go during Halloween. And I just think it was an interesting point because once again, this is like a controversial <laughs> thing where people are like, Oh, this is a, maybe a bad decision. And the price was a bit of a high, you know, it's always been high for the party. But when you look at it for cost compared to what you're getting in the full Halloween Disney fills, I think it really just went above and the top. I mean, we talk about too that, that walk where they put all those projections and you're, um, it's over there. Oh gosh, I can't think of it right now, but it's the, it's the outdoor walk the trail, that area, yeah. that same, the yeah. trail that they do at night, that trick or treat trail out there where they have like the lion Kings where they do the hyena scene. It's 
just so well done. And I think it was one of those things where I thought Disney put it out there. They took a risk. And you know what? They got California back in the graces of like, wow, really well done. And let's the tortilla, you know, boogie, oogie boogie. <laughs> and the tortilla guy. I mean, that became a immediate, like, just fan favorite, just hearing uh, him go off every five to ten minutes or whatever and the laughing, the projections. Yeah. Dude, that is my number one thing. My number was, one on my, change. I'm so on my list, No, too. it's fine. Oogie it's fine. On my list it, too. it deserves all the love. I mean, I I spent years asking, when are we going to see Oogie? When are we going to see Oogie? Mm-hmm. We have Jack, Sally. And there's actually other characters that Disney has that I've seen. And it's like, when were we going to get this? And when we got it... They gave us Oogie. And not just that, the Headless Horseman. Yeah. Yes. Man, just that. <laughs> I could be biased because I just went last year, but okay. it is so good. You know, you get your crazy Halloween, you get your little bit of creepy Halloween, but you get your nostalgic no- Halloween. And it is probably the best thing that they've had. You know, Disney's topped their Halloween parties. And you're right. It did start in DCA. I was there and they had nothing. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, that was not good. It was like <laughs> it was a kid. Yeah. It, bare yeah, bones it and everything. Really candy. Really. Mm-hmm. Talk about value for money too. Like they really did invest in the Oogie Boogie Bash, especially yeah, with the villains grove and all the different yeah. trick or treat trails and everything like that. Um you really you know, having an annual pass, you go to the Halloween party not to experience the rides. You go there to do the, you know, the stuff that's limited to the event. And so the Oogie Boogie Bash really added, like, a lot more event specifics than at Mickey's uh, Halloween party. Because, it, it, you know, they had the parade. You know, the parade's the same, and they had the fireworks. But other than, like, some villain meet and greets, it was just, like, some pretty plain trick-or-treat trails and then you had the cadaver dance which were cool but other than that it was you know kind of pretty basic like you get to go on shorter you know weight rides um and stuff spooky looking there's djs and stuff but adding these characters to the lines adding you know you have the world of color when world of color is working um yeah (laughs) and it's it just seems like a whole different atmosphere with like a, a a better value even though the price is a little more is a better value uh, for what you're, you know, you're paying to get the exclusivity on the the party. Yeah, yeah. Ironically enough, uh, the month that Oogie Boogie Bash premiered was also uh, the eighty fourth time that uh, MSCP ended its run in the parks. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, for everything that you've said about it, I completely agree with you. Uh, especially this last one, I think they really stepped it up in a way where it catered so much more to adults. And, you know, like you were saying, Mel, aside from asking for Oogie, I think one thing that we've always asked for when it comes to the Halloween parties is to really make it an experience that could compete with Halloween Horror Nights or Not Scary Farm or heck, even the Disney parks overseas, you know, the way that they have the the mazes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And... I understand why they don't do it. I know that it's a lot more child-oriented here, but, you know, bringing in the zombie characters to Avengers Campus that we saw in What If, I think was a huge win 
for adults yeah. or just Marvel fans or anybody that wanted to see something that was a little more on the spooky side. Whether that was a test or whether it was just that they were trying to sync up with what if because of all the things that were happening. Because they do a really good job of syncing the things happening in Avengers Campus with the things that are rolling out on Disney Plus for Marvel. Um, which they may, maybe should start doing uh, at Galaxy's Edge, by the way. <clears throat> um, they- but... You know, whether it was a test or not, I think they need to really start reevaluating how they cater to a more adult audience going forward for Oogie Boogie Bash or any other, you know, paid Halloween experience. Whether they put it in one of the buildings off in the corner in Hollywood Land and build a maze or something and specifically say this is for adults only or build like a child version or something like that. I, I think it's time. I think Disney fans are ready for that type of experience. It may happen. It may happen. And we'll talk about that later in another episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, who's next? Andrew, are you next? Larry. I just dropped the Oogie Boogie. Oh, no, that was Larry. Did we I? just all talked about it. I guess it's Andrew. <laughs> I guess all it's all. It. Okay. Um, okay. Jumping all the way up to 2021. Um, I mean, it all oh, got yeah. kicked off in twenty what twenty fourteen with Alice, the Alice refurb, adding projections to that. But the best one by far, Snow White's Enchanted Wish. Oh, absolutely! It was, it's the best, you know, overlay, best revamp of an attraction. You know, they've only been getting better at adding stuff, plussing stuff up to these classic attractions, these classic dark rides, and it it shows that they you know they really care they're taking their time in getting these things right you know i was you know floored with the alice one i thought oh this is great why aren't they doing this on pinocchio why aren't they doing this on snow white da 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 well they did you know takes a little bit of time i guess but um <clears throat> the you know just that completing of the story making the ride make a little more sense um as a whole story as opposed to just ending abruptly like it had in the past. Um, just in all the effects, all the everything, I can go on. But yeah, Snow White's Enchanted Wish, Disneyland. What a treat. Yeah, I have to agree. I I mean, it really did set the bar super high for any plusings that they do for attractions going forward. Uh, I mean, they. It, I feel like they, they added definitely a lot more shine to Alice and then Peter Pan took it a step even further because man that place glows now the fluorescence and the paint that they yeah. use are just amazing eh. could it benefit from some more plussing yeah absolutely yeah. but what they did with what they had for the time being I think is great but yeah nailed it if there's any attraction that I think deserves all the awards for what they did with it it's definitely Snow White. And he did a great job yeah. because that ride almost made me cry. I'm like, geez, <laughs> what is Disney? Just That's <laughs> all those twinkly lights at the end. Ooh, that's so good. All those twinkly lights Everything, at the end. Everything. The it's way so that it just plays through. It's just, it's, it's good storytelling. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. And, um, I mean, of course, there's going to be people complaining about the story. But, you know, it is what it is. It's a story. What more do you want? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <At> the end. <laughs> um, 
All right, let's see. Uh, so many things on my list. I don't know where to go from here. Um, we did like three each, right? At least. I think we've done three each now. I think we've done three. Okay, I just want to make yeah. sure because uh, a lot of mine got crossed off from other people's lists. So my yeah, I was say them again. <laughs> yeah, dwindling, which yeah. is good. Well, yeah, but I don't want to say them again because I have so many other you know things to <laughs> That's say. That's how I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so I guess rattle them off. All right. No, I'm just gonna go with it. I think we can. I think we can continue going around for a little bit, but. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the opening of Avengers Campus in June of 2021. You know, Avengers Campus oh, was originally scheduled to open in <laughs> 2020. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, with everything that ended up happening due to the pandemic, unfortunately, it did not open when it was originally scheduled. And... Um, you know, we had to wait a little bit longer, but uh, now that I've finally been there, I have to say that for what we have so far, I mean, it's amazing. I love what they did with the area. You know, after Bugs Land closed, I know that there was a lot of people that were upset that, you know, we were losing that area. Uh, I mean, thinking back to the D23 Expo when they were announcing uh, all of those changes that were coming... Uh, I I just remember how I felt when we saw all of the models and I knew that all of these Marvel superheroes were going to be coming to the park one day. And then, you know, towards the, uh, the beginning of 2017, we lost Tower of Terror. And I remember just people were so upset. They're like, oh, how yeah. could you, Disney? Oh, how could you? May of 2017, we get Mission Breakout, right? And And it's just insane. Like... Everyone that was upset about about Tower of Terror closing changed their tune. Maybe even five times if you were lucky enough to get all five songs because Mission Breakout six. was such a step up. Oh, six, right, six. <laughs> like, it was such a step up from what Tower of Terror was. Um, like, I, I liked it. I liked Tower of Terror, but honestly, look, I've never been on it. I've seen the videos, but let's be honest the superior version of Tower of Terror is at Walt Disney World because of how yep. it separates during the fifth dimension scene. We don't get that here. So the fact that we got, you know, this attraction that changes, we got monsters after dark from it, you know, and then we got the mysterious like sewer cap thing on the floor that just had the Avengers logo. And for months and for years, we speculated about what was coming. And then finally, it was revealed that we were going to get this Marvel themed area. And then we finally got more details that it was going to be like Stark Expo-y and that it was very Stark driven. And I lost every <laughs> like <did>. my composure <laughs> in ways that I didn't know I could hearing that news. And then Avengers, uh, Avengers Campus opened. Is it small? Yeah, because they don't have a lot of area to work with. Do I wish they got rid of more of the backstage area behind Mission Breakout? Yeah, I think they might be able to spare a little bit more. We still are expecting another e-ticket. When we're going to get it, I don't know. But I know at some point it's going to expand a little bit more. And I'm here for it. I'm so mm -hmm. happy with what they've done with it. And I I want more. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Avengers Campus opening. That's a good one. It's a really really good one. You got your Spider Man. You got your Thor. You got your Ant Man. You got your Pink Pim. I don't know. 
And Captain Marvel. Captain and... Marvel. Carol yeah. Danvers. Even Carol, there. yes. <laughs> and, and even Carol. Even Carol. And you got, I don't know, who else is there? Hawkeye and Kate Bishop and <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Strange. Doctor Strange. There's so yep. many. Uh, Sean and Aquafina. I don't know. If like, <laughs> I don't know the name of that movie. Yeah. No, they oh, have Dasani, I, not Aquafina. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Look, I, I have to be honest, the, though. When they did... Uh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> ah, you took me a minute. <laughs> it took me a minute. <laughs> got, it, got it. That's a good one. That's um, good. You know, I have to tell you that uh, as happy I am with Avengers Campus, I know that Superhero HQ, when it opened at Interventions, uh, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the experience that we have on Avengers campus, right? I think they did what they could super quickly to try to bring the Avengers over to Disneyland, you know, to give us a taste of what was to come. Uh, I love it because I got a hall of Iron Man suits. So say what you will. I don't even care. I got to see a hall of Iron Man suits. So I think I'm in the minority of people that were like, it was the best thing ever. Uh, and I will stick to my guns on that one. Uh, because it was just the Iron Man, right? <sighs> yeah, I mean, it was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, do I think that at some point, you know, they could, could, like I said, continue to expand Avengers Campus and bring a lot of those experiences over? They kind of got a lot of that already. You got your meet and greets with your Captain Americas and your Thors and all that stuff. But Carol Danvers uh, even, and... even Iron Man, <laughs> right? He walks around Avengers Campus, but... Everything that they started to bring into the parks, like, remember when they first brought in Black Panther and the Dora Milaje? And they did, like, mm-hmm. the show with Black Widow and, you know, the the ATV thing that they have, like, the Avengers, like, yeah, Black tank Widow's Jeep famous or whatever. Truck, yeah. Everybody knows Black Widow has a truck. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember watching Black Panther and the Dora Milaje for the first time, and... I mean, it was shortly after, you know, the film and everything. And I think all of the emotions of the film carried into the character and it carried into the presentation that they had for those characters. And I mean, it's just it was a I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to stop because I'm going to keep gushing about it. So can I talk about Black Widow's truck for a second? Talk about Black Widow's truck. So Black Widow's truck. Every time I see this stupid truck. I say stupid lovingly, I guess. All I can think about is in the Pixar Play Parade, the big dump truck that used to have lots of hug and bear in the back is the only thing I ever, I was like, is this the same truck? I don't know. They just put black paint it black and put black widow in the, you know, she loves driving around in a big truck. I don't know. That's never in any of the movies. Black widows never just riding around in a truck, but I don't know. That That's all I wanted to say about black widows famous truck that's funny (laughs) um all right well do we have does anybody have any more that you want to share i know we said three but okay cool let's one more let's keep going here contactless payment oh yeah (laughs) it's a good one you don't have to make a line in the emporium that's the (laughs) best thing ever especially right now yeah anywhere (laughs) we actually used it the last time we were in the park yeah Kind of feels like you're gonna feel like you're gonna steal something because yeah, like, okay, doop, 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 okay, I did it. Like, it Let me get my weird. sticker. Yeah, just remember that if you try to get away with it and say, "Well, I did contactless pay," the walls have eyes. 
Oh yeah. Okay, so oh, yeah. don't they even will. think about they it. The walls have eyes. I've seen it happen back in the day before they added contact this payment. It's a pretty folks. Uh, that's a t- insider tip. They mm-hmm. will find you. Like take it. Yeah. <laughs> a very particular set of skills. <laughs> they do. The security has some way of figuring it out. So yeah, I think that was that's a great one, Melissa. Because I told you once before when we mentioned this on the podcast. It's just a great way to track what you're spending, which I don't think Disney likes that idea because it adds up your total of the things you're getting and then gives you your discount if you have that discount rate on that checkout payment point. Like you see these things adding up and unless instead of the old way of like, I can do that, I can get that, I can get that, I can get that, I can get that, that's fine. I'll just check it out. Oh, okay, that's what it comes out to be. Oh, well, I got to take a look. But, uh, for easy no, payments, right? After pay? For easy payments. Yeah. So that's. Now I have a little bit more of a mindset when I go through that checkout process. And it is just really nice to be like, okay, I'll grab this and I'll take it easy going through not worrying about my time. You might have a little bit of a hold up doing the mobile checkout at the end, getting your bag and sticker and checking, but nothing compared to waiting in line at some of those longer uh, waits in the park at the stores. Agreed. Andrew, are there any more that you would like to throw out before Um, we begin to wrap up? I got a couple. I mean – there's a couple big old ones that we didn't nobody said, but um, I'll say a smaller one: um, the Enchanted Hideaway and the like refurb of uh, Enchanted Tiki Room Complex, Tropical Hideaway. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, Enchanted Hideaway, Tropical. <laughs> I think I got Enchanted Wish. I think I erased too many things. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, no. If, yeah, Black Widow's <laughs> truck came in here and changed the words. <laughs> just bulldozed bulldoze Tropical Hideaway. <laughs> And yeah, the whole just refurb of the Tiki Room complex in general, like they, um, you know, um, they added wheelchair ramps in and out of the Tiki Room that made things a lot easier for people that use wheelchairs um, It just and made exiting a whole lot easier. You got this whole other um, place to get Dole Whip. You have a lot of C memorabilia up on the walls. You got uh, Rosita there just, you know, talking your off, you know, it, it really... You know, the Aladdin area had just been sitting there dormant for, like, 12, 15 years or more. It was, you know, it it had been too long. And so adding this whole nother eatery here and everything, it just it, it made Adventureland just a little bit nicer, a little bit more you want to be there, not just, like, rush past, go to Indy. Yeah. Like, okay, there's a nice little, little thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, aside from the widening of the pathways for, like, wheelchairs, we ended up getting better stroller parking. They added seating in a lot of areas. Um, We got some area walkways behind uh, Main Street. Like, all of this was part of Project Stardust when they started to really enhance the park. And a lot of it was kind of an answer to how congested the park used to get, especially in the late hours when people were trying to leave, people were trying to watch fireworks and stuff. But yeah, I mean that what you're talking about specifically, Andrew, making it more accessible to, you know, guests that, you know, require wheelchairs and and all that stuff, I think was a really great thing that the park did. I think the worst part about project stardust was all of the benches and trees that we lost to enhance and widen a lot of the walkways. I don't think we've ever fully recovered. 
I think they've added areas with more seating. Like the Tropical Hideaway obviously was one of the mm-hmm. enhancements that was brought as part of Project Stardust. And right across from there, we ended up getting more seating in the Bazaar building, you know, right next to the Bengal Barbecue. So there were areas that I think were enhanced by it, but I think we did lose some of the charm that, you know, like you can't just sit on a bench wherever you used to before and just kind of people watch. But, you know, it is what it is. You got you got to give some to take some or take some to give some, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, yeah, dude, the Tropical Hideaway definitely was a great enhancement because as a fan of the sea the way that they brought in the paddles and the way that they brought in more characters to expand the lore of the sea inside of disneyland i think for me it was one of the best things that they could have done and then you know fast forward to this last year when they redid the jungle cruise and they added alberta falls and they continued to expand the sea in Adventureland. I mean, it's great. Like, I just hope that they keep bringing in more of those characters, more of those stories, and um, just make it uh, a, a... I mean, look, I really hope that at some point we get a Disney Plus series. I know that we talked about this some time ago when we did the SEA episodes, but it needs to happen, okay? Disney Plus is there. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Please. Uh, you said you had a couple. What's uh, what's another one that you have? Um, well, I mean, there's like the big elephant in the room of Galaxy's Edge that nobody's like, yeah, said come on, anything. Yeah. come on, I don't take that from me. Well, my, my last. No, I mean, <laughs> that's not my turn. I had a couple, but yeah, go ahead, Larry. Like, say it. Like, talk about Galaxy's oh Edge. Like, like... Oh, whew, thank God. Okay, so Galaxy's Edge. Uh, a long time in a galaxy far, far away, there was a young boy that wished so hard so hard that he could walk into a land where he felt like he would be one with the galaxy and the forces would be strong in him and Disneyland made that happen when they made Galaxy's Edge a real thing and it's a special moment for me not just because it was like the right time because let's be real Harry Potter land at a different place that we mentioned kind of earlier had just blown up and everybody was like it's like full immersion. So I was like, yes, this is the time to bring that to Disneyland in some way. And it just felt like one of those times when your mind was like always wanting it to come to reality. You're like, you, I know Hayes and you're talking about how to imagine you always think about making it better, making these things come to life. I was thinking galaxy's edge. I didn't know it would be called that. Everyone calls it still star Wars land, but the, <laughs> that's what you wanted. And Disney delivered. Uh, and it's just like, Oh, it's just one of those things that, you do feel like when you go in there, especially now uh, with the Rise of Resistance ride, that every piece of it, there's things that you feel like you've jumped into the movie, um, including when it first happened, uh, just the immersions that the um, cast members give you, even their costumes down to the way they talk to you, down to the way they talk about in the the outpost. It's, it's just so what you want as a Star Wars fan. And, why I wanted to talk about it as my last thing. I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad you let me I talk about not it. A because... problem. I just want to make sure somebody brought it up because it was like a very glaring omission. Oh, it's on my list. Yeah. <laughs> the main. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The main key for this is I know with you guys, I have a memory with each one of you going to Galaxy's Edge. And that's what it's all about, about the park. I remember us going to these previews, like going to with, you know, Andrew 
doing the smugglers <laughs> run, being the pilots, co-pilots. I remember with Melissa, I walked into maybe one of the most crazy experiences where I became a kid, Savi's workshop and building my own lightsaber. And she was there watching me like just my wife's like, yeah, this is, that's him. That's him, <laughs> a kid. And Hayes, I remember just finishing watching. I had just like got done watching uh, Marvel's uh, freaking, oh God, well, I can't think of the name right now. Ah, uh, the, the last Endgame. one, Endgame. basically the yeah. end game. And you were there, and we were about to just check in, I tell you. And you're like, oh, dude, this you need this yeah. now. Because <laughs> I had just had all these emotions. I had waited so long to watch Endgame. And you were, like, the perfect person to be, like, there. Like, oh, man. And we just walked in. And I think I got one of the best, like, chewy hugs that night, too. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just that all those things, like, it made memories quick. And it wasn't like I was planning for that to happen. But that's when I felt like, wow, that Disney magic really still exist and the imagineers that got put on that job and a great uh bob was leading the way back then <laughs> uh, and, and i think it, uh, he made an idea come to reality and it it just it really was really just everything just came together for me and i mean that's just my part of it honestly there's so much more to that park the part yeah. of the park it's ironic that we spent so much of the beginning of that night talking about avengers in a star wars themed area <laughs> Isn't that ironic? That's the crazy I, thing. I though. remember That's at some point we ended up heading to Oga's Cantina, and it was just an awesome experience. That was fun. But that was fun. yeah, you know, Galaxy's Edge. I think, I mean, for such a long time, I mean, let's be honest, with the advancements that a lot of the other parks were doing, like they were taking Disney's lunch when it came to full immersive experiences, right? Like Cars Land was, yeah. I think the the biggest immersive experience that you could have at a Disney park compared to what was being offered at like, you know, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and stuff like that. So they needed something like this. And it, it is about feeling immersed. And I I have to admit that even though I'm not a a huge Star Wars fan, like I think my level of fandom is, you know, a quarter of what Larry's fandom is. Like I I mean, I enjoyed Galaxy's Edge so much because of just really because of how immersive it is. You mentioned the cast members there, Larry. Like they really make you feel like you are off planet, you know, from the greetings to the (laughs) like the nuances of like, oh, well, what are you using there when you have like your cell phone out trying to take a selfie and stuff like that? Data pad. Yeah. And yeah. just yeah. everything that they do, the lingo, how they treat you, it really does make you feel like you are not at Disneyland at all. If this was its own theme park, you do not feel like you are at Disneyland at all. And they oh, did yeah, such definitely. an amazing job with it. Uh, I think it's much harder for them to do that with some of the other areas, including Avengers Campus, because of the fact that the park is so small and the line of sight to other attractions like Cars Land or, I don't know, the Blue Sky Cellar, you know, or the Pixar Pal Around <laughs> that you could see off at a distance, you know, from certain areas, you know, or if you're writing Mission Breakout, it does take you out a little bit when you can see the five freeway, you know, across the street from the park. So uh, I, because of how the attractions are laid out, because of how I, I very rarely call it Galaxy's Edge. Uh, I know that for the episodes I call it that, but I usually always call it Batu. 
um, the way that that entire area is laid out, dude, it's one of the greatest additions that they've made to a Disney park. I, I know that it ruined the whole circle and everything, but uh, it definitely this was on my list, Andrew, because it okay. was coupled. Well, I knew it was gonna be. Yeah, but, and like... the reason it was on my list was for two reasons. Well, for three. One, because it was Galaxy's Edge, right? It was a huge mm-hmm. change. But two, because it did something that hadn't been done in such a long time was it remapped the Disneyland Railroad. You know, with yep. the, the yeah. Disneyland Railroad, you know, we ended up getting um, what they call, um, uh, what do they call it? Um, a left turn? Columbia Gorge is what they call it. <laughs> uh, they added like the five uh, waterfalls and everything. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I love the Disneyland Railroad. So that was one of the reasons it was on there. I I think the biggest reason I would include galaxy's edge as a part of this is because of rise of the resistance, Mm -hmm. you know, rise is an attraction that although it breaks down a significant amount, I mean, it is a marvel (laughs) of technology, what they're able to pull off and the experience that you have on that attraction is really unlike anything that we've seen at any other theme park. And it sets the bar so high for everything that's going to come going forward that on top of the experience itself, the other piece of the puzzle I think that I'm sure Imagineering is going to be working on is how do you get it to break down less? That would be the best. Yeah, and look, I'm I'm saying yeah. that not from from a bad place. I'm saying that it just sounds yeah, funny. Yeah, but, but I'm saying that true, from yeah. a place of convenience and from the point of as as a company that's trying to charge me $20 per person to ride this attraction, and even that's not guaranteeing that I'm going to ride this attraction, as I recently spoke about, I think some R&D has to go into making sure that the attractions break down a little less or that there's you know some some kind of backup or something, which I'm sure is there, but, you know... A little more wouldn't hurt, is what I'm saying. I mean, it also, I mean, Galaxy's Edge and just, it, it, it's it's added so, it's like so many first, you know, first trackless vehicle uh, at Disneyland. Um, the first time uh, alcohol has been sold publicly yeah. uh, at Disneyland, you know, just yep. all these different things. You know, you got the return of Rex from Star Tours mm-hmm. as a DJ. You got, yeah, it's just an endless supply of, of firsts. At Galaxy's Edge and Batu, and it's it's really a huge undertaking. And you know, I was one of the people that like really scoffed at it. Like, well, it's called it's not called Star Wars Land. It's Galaxy's Edge and blah blah blah. Well, see now it's great. It's fine. I don't care. Like they did a fantastic <laughs> job with it. You also <laughs> don't have that. Well, I mean, it's still kind of half dead ends, but you have a. A kind of a path there over there uh critter country now that doesn't dead end as much unless mm-hmm. you turn right into critter country you can loop around again just so many things that have galaxies that has added to disneyland yeah and then one of the away. other things that they've done is this is probably the first land where they've changed music or the atmosphere yeah. the um the sounds yeah no music huh it's all atm- no music in the. It's all atmosphere. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's all. Like, wait. wait yeah, what yeah. I, I know what you mean, though. Yeah. It's all just like sounds and buzzes and. 
Yeah, and you could just sit there. It's one of my favorite things is you could just sit there and just sit. Yeah. Hit, yep. As I hit the microphone. <laughs> Real sad advice. The ship crashed. <laughs> it's been shot out of the sky. <laughs> ah, so many years, so many changes. Uh, before we wrap up the episode, are there any honorable mentions or anything else that any of you want to throw out before we wrap up? Um, I mean, I got a couple on my list that are, yeah, it's not like super big things like the the World of Disney refurb, I think, was pretty classy, even though nice. it kind of got rid of some of the like characters and stuff. But I think they did an overall good job. Um, the enhancements to Fantasmic, even though some of them I don't like. Yeah. Um, I overall like the new Fantasmic, even though they took like one of my favorite parts out, but that's okay. Um, yeah. Mel, Larry. Any any other ones you want to throw out? I'm a piggyback on Andrew's um, Fantasmic. More dragon time. <laughs> we get more dragon time and more fire. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give DCA some last love here that kind of might talk into something else later we're going to bring up, I think. But uh, a ride that did not go well at Cars Land uh, was Luigi's Tires. And I always think that was a a great idea from a callback to back in the day, but did not get executed again. Just felt like the weirdest thing ever. But then a trackless ride was made, uh, like Andrew mentioned earlier. Uh, well, at DCA. At DCA, yeah. though. Yeah. I remember riding it the first time being like, oh, God, I want to really give this thing a try. And by far, it's still one now, like, one of the rides when I go over there, like, I check the map to see what the weight is just to be like – can I get on it when I come this time? Cause there's just something about it. Like just not knowing where you're going, you know, there's going to be these moves. And then that last spin, uh, it does. It just, ah, oh, it's just great. Nice, like fun, quick ride. Disneyland's implemented or DCA, excuse me, Disney California yeah. adventure. Mel, any, any others from you? Nope. I'll end it with the dragon. Cool. So I'll quickly <laughs> throw a couple more out. Um, one that I want to throw out that so we'll keep on the Star Wars talk is uh, November of 2015 was the debut of Hyperspace Mountain. Uh, I know that uh, it's not a popular thing, but it's kind of my favorite version of Space Mountain. It is. Uh, I'm cool. just going to say I'm happy that that happened. Uh, and then the other thing is that Sally was added to Haunted Mansion Holiday in September of 2016. Uh, I remember it was such a huge deal to finally have her there. And I remember when they first started teasing it with the basket next yeah. to the tombstone. Yeah. And we just saw that. I remember seeing Sally for the first time. It was such an amazing animatronic that I, I think adds so much to Haunted Mansion Holiday. It's amazing how one character change adds so mm -hmm. much more to this entire attraction. So... Yeah. Lighting. Oh, that too. It just like oh, matches so good with all of that. And and let's it's not so even good. like bring up the fact that they plussed up the mansion, okay? Just in general, yep. not even yeah. Haunted Mansion Holiday. Coming back. Just every Oh, come on now. <laughs> like we said, there's years and years of changes that have come to the Disneyland Resort, whether it was Disneyland, California Adventure, or Downtown Disney. And the changes are still happening. 
it's a place that's always going to keep evolving. It's always going to keep changing. And whether we like the changes or not, they're not always meant for us. You know, they have to think of generations to come. And whether we like IPs in the park or not, they're going to continue to keep making their way into the park. Some of those changes that we've seen, I know a lot of people have just been super happy about them. And a lot of changes some people have not been so happy about. Sometimes we just have to learn to live with it. But if enough people complain about something, sometimes it goes away. And other times they just charge you more for the bad experience. So, you know, you got to just kind of roll with it sometimes. You, Hazen, you know what uh, What doesn't change? Is that the love that we have for the special group of people that help make these episodes of Podcateers possible, Andrew? Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because these episodes <laughs> of Podcateers are made possible by the help of a wonderful group of people known as the FGP Squad, or as we call them, our podcast fairy godparents. Uh, the FGP Squad has been around for a very long time, helping uh, these episodes get produced, helping us with equipment, helping us with everything that goes into producing, uh, ironically, a free podcast. So the FGP Squad means so much to us, and we're very thankful to have them as a part of the Podcateers family. If you want more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad, you can head on over to podcateers.com FGP. There you will find a list of some of our top contributors, uh, a link to our Patreon so that you can sign up as well. You get some additional perks being a part of the FGP Squad. You get access to our happy hour calls. You get access to additional content on Patreon, uh, a special section on our discord server specifically for the fgp squad and you never know when i'm going to randomly mail you something whether it's stickers or a printout or something that we made it just it just happens sometimes like i said we're super thankful for the fgp squad because they have been there supporting us for a super long time uh we're always going to be appreciative of them uh we're very thankful and, of course, to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. And uh, before we wrap up the episode, you know, we promised a big announcement for episode 400. And, you know, we were asking for some help trying to take care of something else. And although it didn't happen where we wanted, we did get a little bit of a boost on some of the other services because not everyone listened. Uh, via Spotify, the way that you know we wanted uh, our ranking to go up. But we do want to thank everybody that took the time to go leave a review because any review that you leave does help us out. It pops us up uh, in the algorithm to show other podcast listeners that we're around. And, you know, the best way to tell somebody uh, that you like us is to just recommend us. So whether you leave a comment, whether you leave a review, uh, or whether you just send somebody a message and say, hey, are you bored? Listen to this! And then just send them a link to the podcast. And, uh, you know, you could talk about it with them, and then we could talk about it with you, and then we can all get together on Discord or Instagram or something, we could talk about it together. Aww, happiness. So... The announcement that we have uh, is actually super fun because it's something that we've enjoyed a really long time. It's something that we've missed for a really long time. So I want to announce that. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Armchair Imagineering is returning. <laughs> 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 Yay. 
Mm-hmm. So for for those of you that are unaware, Armchair Imagineering was a segment that we added back when Gavin joined the podcast, and we had a lot of fun going through attractions, uh, different lands, just places on the resort that we felt we wanted to take uh, our crack at enhancing one way or another. And so we came up with ride concepts, area concepts, and it was just one of the funnest things that we've ever done on the podcast. We've missed it. We're bringing it back. We're still trying to nail down what attractions we're going to be doing, what lands we're going to be doing. And uh, if you have any suggestions, send them over our way. Join the conversation on Instagram. Send us a DM. You can send us a message on Discord. Uh, If you're not part of the Discord server, head over to our Instagram stories. And there is a pinned story with a link to our Discord channel so that you can join us there. And, uh, man, I'm so excited we're bringing this back. It's coming back. I'm so excited. Woo! Me too. I I miss it. It's fun researching. And you end up finding so many things. So bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to wrap up episode 400 of Podcateers. I'm so thankful, you know, to everyone that's ever been a part of the podcast. Like I said, uh, I mentioned a lot of the people that have been a part of the podcast and have helped get us to where we are. I'm thankful for the three of you. You know, to have to be here as co-hosts and help carry on the oh. tradition. You know, a long time ago, I mentioned that, you know, I, I always felt that at some point there was going to be co-hosts that came and went. And I always saw all of our co-hosts as Imagineers, you know, that worked on the park at some point. Like, Podcateers is our own little park. And each one of you brings your own magic, your own contributions, your own special you to the making of this Podcateers Park that we've been building for the last seven years. And uh, I love and appreciate all of you, everything that you've done. Cheers to our next seven years and building out the Podcateers Network even further. So uh, I think that's a great place to end it. So until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Happy 400. (laughs) See ya. You know, one great person once said it will continue to grow as long as there's imagination left in the world. And I think the need for bathrooms? (laughs) Right? Bathrooms. Part of the Podcateers Network.